Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Welcome to The Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get into it. Over the past 12 seasons, there has been a trend in Major League Baseball that seems to be going more aggressively as time has progressed. It also seems to be that there has been this idea that Major League Baseball isn't just going to have leave pitchers come in late in games. If there's a blowout, going on if they're down 11 to 1 why would you waste a middle reliever why would you why would you waste your setup guy over the past 12 seasons there has been a trend of position players being a pitcher late in games and when this first started when this really became a popular idea around the late 2000s, not a lot of people had a problem with it. And the reason why most people didn't have a problem with it is because it was mainly for laughs and giggles. Okay, once a year, maybe twice a year, you would see it happen. But it was such a rare occurrence that when it did happen, it was mainly during a 15-4 to four blowout, and you didn't want to waste an arm of somebody valuable in your bullpen. So you would just chuck your position player onto the mound, have them pitch maybe 10 pitches, get out of the inning, and then the game was over. But as time has gone on, however, we have noticed that position players aren't just one or two times a year now. In fact, it has become so common to have position players be on the mound in meaningless games in the 8th and ninth inning that it is now being considered a strategy by managers. As a matter of fact, San Francisco Giants manager Gabe Kepler actually had position players do bullpen sessions this spring training. Why? Because he wanted to think of the possibility of having position players be on the mound in the regular season. So when a manager is taking that approach, when a manager is actually planning out of having bullpen sessions for your position players while spring training is happening to prepare them to be in a real game situation, That's when you know that this has become not just a cute little situation. It's not just an entertainment aspect anymore. Managers are now heavily considering this type of mentality. And so far in the 2021 MLB season, it has happened nine times already. So think about that. In a full calendar year, You normally saw one or two in the late 2000s. 
Well, 12 years later, nine have already happened, and we're not even a month into the season. So let's really break down why position players are being used as pitchers late in games here on Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. First off, let's talk about the aspect that is it good for baseball? Is it good for Major League Baseball to have position players be on the mound in the eighth or ninth inning of a meaningless game? Is it good for MLB that when you have to have a position player be on the mound, does that signify that this game has become so much of a blowout that they'll put literally anybody on the mound? Or, if to make it a positive perspective, is it good for baseball because they can make highlight reels of it and put it on their YouTube channel? Is it good for baseball that you're seeing 46 mile an hour uh, pitches by a position player and it causes the batter to freeze in mid in midair? How about the fact that we have seen in the past position players like Christian Betancourt from the San Diego Padres did a 90 mile an hour fastball and they actually converted him to a pitcher by the end of the season. So I'm going to look at this from two perspectives. Is it good for baseball from an entertainment perspective? And is it good for baseball from a logical perspective? From the entertainment side, absolutely, this is good for baseball. Because you get those clicks, because you get those views, because you get those ratings from a blowout game. Like most baseball fans will tune out when your team is losing 15 to four. But let's say that Bryce Harper for the Phillies goes out on the mound. Yeah, Phillies fans are going to be entertained watching Bryce Harper uh, do a couple of pitches on the mound. For the Chicago Cubs, when Anthony Rizzo was on the mound a couple of years ago, it was fun. It was lighthearted. It was entertaining. As a Cubs fan, I got a laugh out of it. How about a couple of years ago when you had Dave, uh, you had David Del Castro be uh, be on the mound, or Daniel Del, uh, Daniel uh, De uh, Casco? You had him on the mound, and he nearly hit a batter unintentionally. Like that was comedic relief when that happened, because you could tell that him for the Dodgers, he wasn't trying to hit the batter, and he even put his hands up immediately after it happened, trying to signify like, hey, I didn't mean to go inside. Like, it was comical. It was funny. So yes, from a entertainment perspective, it is a good aspect for Major League Baseball. And I understand why people love seeing it happen. I mean, we just saw in the Chicago White Sox game, I believe that one of the uh, outfielders for the Chicago White Sox came in late in the game, pitched a couple of pitches, and everyone was getting a laugh out of it. You saw people in the dugout with a huge smile on their face. That's what it was about. Because they were losing 11-2 to by the Boston Red Sox. 
Now let's flip it over to the logistics side. Now, Gabe Kepler said that quote in spring training that he was having position players warm up in the bullpen. He also brought up the fact that he had done this before in Philadelphia prior to being in San Francisco. From a logistics standpoint, I understand completely why these managers are doing it. Because when you're down by nine runs, why do you want to risk your middle reliever getting injured, only pitching, you know, maybe 17 pitches and have it be in a meaningless game? What if you sent out your one of your middle relievers, their arm goes out of their socket and they're out of this and they're out for the season? What if one of your setup guys goes out on the mound in a seven-run seven, uh, deficit, causes himself to get injured, and he's out for 10 to 15 games? I understand from a logistic standpoint, bring in a position player when you're down by nine because you're not sacrificing the arm of your reliever. You're not sacrificing the arm of somebody that you could preserve for the next game. Let's also talk about the fact that this is a 162 game season. So you're going to want to get the most out of your relievers arms. You're going to want to get the most out of your bullpen. And you do not want to sacrifice that during a meaningless game. So it's good for baseball from an entertainment standpoint. It's good for baseball from a logistics standpoint because you're not wasting the arms of your bullpen. So what could there be anything wrong with this idea? How could there be anything wrong about position pitchers being on, uh, being on the mound? Well, let me tell you. It is the fact that there has been an idea that has been floating around in Major League Baseball that I think is a, a cause and effect of position players pitching late in games. There has been an idea of a mercy rule. And yes, I know this sounds absolutely insane, but stay with me. There has been an idea over the last two years that Major League Baseball, after the seventh inning, if there is a team that is up by an uh, about a set number of runs, they would call mercy rule and end the game right there. Now, baseball fans who are traditionalists would immediately cry foul. There's also a bunch of people who don't really watch baseball that much who would say that that's fair because you're pretty much just getting the game over with. It's done a lot quicker and everybody can go home. So I'm going to side with the traditionalists here and say that this would be a bad move. Because you have to understand that it doesn't matter how many runs you have on the board. It doesn't matter how many runs you are down. This is baseball. We have seen before a seven-run comeback in the ninth inning. We have seen before a team be down by six runs in the eighth inning and manage to come back in the tenth and win the entire thing. I mean, Major League Baseball has been notorious for having comebacks late in games when it looked like it was all but over. So from this perspective of Major League Baseball, 
this would be a very bad situation. But I have to put a but in there and say that this could be the effect of position players being on the mound. If Major League Baseball doesn't want this to happen that often, well, them shortening the games and having a mercy rule would essentially eliminate position players being on the mound. Why? Because position players are normally on the mound in blowouts. So I'm going to ask all of you, everyone who's watching right now and everyone who's going to watch later, position players pitching on the mound. Do you like it or do you dislike it? Over the last 12 years, the spike has been happening. It's been happening more re- more currently. And I want to know from all of you, do you think that this is good for baseball? Or do you think this is bad for baseball and there should be a mercy rule like they do in Little League, like they do in the lower series? Because this is might be the cause and effect of position players pitching on the mound. And I'm going to say, really, from my perspective and my angle, I don't believe that having a mercy rule would be uh, good for baseball. I think it would be a terrible move to have a mercy rule in MLB. And from an entertainment perspective and a logistics perspective, my angle is that Major League Baseball is doing a good thing by having these position players come in the eighth inning, come in in the ninth inning, and just have 10 or 15 pitches. Yes, are they 50, 55 miles an hour? Sure. But you're not wasting your bullpen. You're you're making a fun, entertaining situation out of it, and that's all you can ask for in Major League Baseball. We're going to go to break here on the Sports Angle, and when we come back, I'm going to talk about one team that I believe is one year away from winning the World Series. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the Sports Angle. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to The Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. Go to our website, thesportsangle.com. Check out our live streams, our audio, our video, all the articles we have on there at The Sports Angle. Go to our YouTube channel right now. Give us a like, a share, and turn on notifications. It definitely pre- helps, uh, help us, helps us out. And go to all of our social media at The Sports Angle and follow your host at Rock Over Kelly. Now, before we ended the last segment, I told all of you that there is one team that I believe is one year away. I told everyone that I believe there is one baseball team that is just this close to being World Series champions. And I'm going to tell you who that is. So I'm going to do a drum roll, and then I'm going to give you the answer. So drum roll, please. The Chicago White Sox. Yeah, this is going to be really weird for a Chicago Cubs fan to say it, but I have to be fair. I cannot be biased in this aspect. So why do I have the Chicago White Sox as one year away? Why do I believe the Chicago White Sox will be the 2022 World Series champions? Well, I'm going to tell you. First off, it is the fact that they have built such a youth movement in Chicago that it quite quite honestly resembles the Cubs, resembles the Astros, resembles what the Dodgers have done. The Chicago White Sox have taken the model that the Nationals did, the Royals did, even the Giants did a decade ago, and they are using it right now. Lucas Giolito, yes, is he having a very disappointing year right now? Yes, he is. But you have to understand that Lucas Giolito, only 26 years old, and he looks like the ace. No, looks like the face of the franchise out there in Chicago. Lucas Giolito looks like what Mark Burley was out there in Chicago. He looks like what Freddie Garcia was in Chicago. He is a star, an ace, one of the best starting pitchers, not just in the American League, but one of the best starting pitchers, period. And then let's go down the rotation because Dallas Keuchel is the definition of veteran prestige. Dallas Keuchel has been a success almost everywhere he has been. Houston was in the Cy Young uh, voting. One of the best pitchers during the Houston Astros tenure out there with Dallas Keuchel goes to Atlanta, provides a very solid improvement to their starting rotation during that one-year show-em deal. And he is now in Chicago, and he is showing people why, once again, he has been one of the most consistent, durable, reliable pitchers in Major League Baseball. And for him to be a veteran in the locker room, He is one of the most solid choices out there in Chicago. Dylan Cease, he was a former Cubs 
prospect was traded in the um, traded alongside Eloy Jimenez in the uh, deal that happened a couple of years ago. This guy, 25 years old, and I will say as much as I don't want to admit it, he is going to be a long-time stalwart for Chicago. Unfortunately, not the right Chicago team, but I digress. He has some of the best um, abilities on the mound. He can get the job done out there in Chicago. I like his mechanics. I like the way he does things out there in Chicago. And Dylan Cease is going to be one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, the older and the more he progresses in Major League Baseball. I already talked about these two pitchers on my show last night as some of the most underrated pitchers in Major League Baseball, Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn. Now, for the people who want to hear my full breakdown on them, click on uh, the video from yesterday and I will be, and you'll see the full thing. But I talked about the fact that these two, they are some of the most reliable, dependable guys in Major League Baseball. They're not flashy. They're not going to, you know, wow you every single year. But what they do is when you need them to get X amount of wins, they go out there, they get you X amount of wins. You ask them to get an X number of strikeouts, both of those guys will get you those strikeouts. So when you have a starting rotation that is five deep, and let's talk about the fact that Michael Kopech is actually in their bullpen right now. He could actually be a number six starter if they needed to. So when you have a six deep uh, rotation out there in Chicago, they are primed to make a run in Major League Baseball. But not this year. Okay, so let's keep on going down with the Chicago White Sox and let's talk about their bullpen. Because not many people love to give credit to the bullpen, but I will say this about the Chicago White Sox. They have not only a top five bullpen in Major League Baseball, they have made smart decision after smart decision. Bringing in Liam Hendricks from the Oakland Athletics, arguably a top two closer in Major League Baseball alongside Josh Hader. So understand that Liam Hendricks is going to be a huge improvement in the bullpen for the Chicago White Sox. And he has proven so far that he is that guy. They have a setup guy in Evan Marshall, who some people in Chicago would already know. And he has been a solid workhorse out there in Chicago. I mean, Matt Foster, Aaron Bummer, Jose Ruiz, and once again, the aforementioned Michael Kopech, the bullpen is good. They have some very solid middle relievers. They've got a quality setup man, and they have one of the top two closers in Major League Baseball. Chicago White Sox, they are definitely going to be ready to be a World Series contender, but not yet but not yet. So as we're talking about the 2021 Chicago White Sox and why I believe they are one year away, I talked about their starting rotation. I talked about their bullpen. But what about their starting lineup? Now, Rocco, the starting lineup must be why you're saying they're one year away. It must be the reason why you believe that this year is not their year. 
Well, let me explain. They have a top five catcher in Major League Baseball in Yasmani Grandal. Interesting enough, yesterday's show, I broke down the top 10 catchers. Yasmani Grandal, I had him as one of the best. All right. He's been out there in Milwaukee. He's been out there in L.A. He has been getting the job done everywhere he has gone, and he's doing the same in Chicago. And also, they have a young 26-year-old Zach Collins that's backing him up. Moving over to first base, they have Jose Abreu, the reigning AL MVP, a guy who has been a steady, steady face out there in the White Sox organization. He is a guy that does it all out there in Chicago. And more importantly, he has been there the entire time. He never left. He kept signing one-year deals. He kept signing these two-year deals. He has been the definition of loyal out there in the White Sox organization. And if he got rewarded with a World Series title, that would make it only a bit more sweet. How about second base? Is second base their weakness? Not necessarily. They got Nick Magridal. And with him being only 24 years old, I'm going to sit here and say that he is going to be eventually groomed and eventually is going to become one of the best second basemen in Major League Baseball. Yes, is it going to take time? Absolutely. Is it going to be a while before Nick Magridal does become one of the best second basemen in MLB? Of course. But right now, he's showing massive improvement, and he's doing what the White Sox need from him, and that is developing as an MLB player. Shortstop, they have the captain in the locker room, the guy who's been the loudmouth, the guy who has been defending his teammates when they need him, and that is Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson is arguably one of the most underrated shortstops in Major League Baseball. He's a solid leadoff hitter. Tim Anderson loves to get in fights. He loves to bat, flip his bat. But when you need him, he's there. Tim Anderson has been a guy in the Chicago White Sox organization. You don't have to worry if he's going to show up late. You don't have to worry if Tim Anderson just doesn't want to be there that day. Tim Anderson's a guy that when he is there, he is there to work. And when he's there to work, he puts his 190% into it. And that's what that's why he's the captain of the White Sox. Similar to Anthony Rizzo with the Cubs, there's a reason why they call him Captain Rizzo, because he is the leader in the locker room, just like Tim Anderson is. And at the uh, third baseline, you have Yoan Makanda. This guy was a former top prospect. This guy has been the definition of, of will he ever develop into a superstar, 25 years old. And from a stats perspective, you would look at him and be like, oh, this guy really hasn't been a great player in Major League Baseball. A lot of people have said that he was a one-year wonder. That 2019 season, he had that breakout year, but the rest of his career has been average, above average at best. The reason why I won't give up on him is because, of first off, he still is 25. But secondly, it is the fact that this guy has shown that even though offensively 
he doesn't do a lot of he is doing some things that do need improvement out there with the White Sox organization. But there is one solid thing I have noticed about uh, Mankata. And that is the fact that when it comes to defense, when it comes to a guy that could be a very solid player in Major League Baseball, he is definitely that guy. And also on top of that, he also is very quick as well. I mean, he has had a bunch of triples in his career already. And more importantly, he is a guy that, yes, doesn't really get caught stealing that often over the last couple of years. So understand that when it comes to uh, Mankata, I believe that the more time you give him and the more that he is going to be on the field, the better he's going to be. I'm not calling him out yet. So the infield is solid, but it needs some work. Bullpen won the top five in baseball. Starting pitching has depth on top of depth. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. So the outfield, that must be where you're concerned, right? And that is where we are leading into. Absolutely, I believe that the outfield is where you're going to need to see some work done with the White Sox organization. Now, with Eloy Jimenez being injured for a huge amount of time, they have Garcia and they have Vaughn being out there in left field. And yes, they have been solid, but there's no doubt in my mind that having Eloy Jimenez not be in the lineup is going to be a huge impact to the White Sox organization. Center field, Luis Robert, his age and his youth, I'm going to overlook certain things, but I will point out that when it comes to him, yes, he is consistently getting on base. Yes, he consistently is the guy that will get a single, a double, and sometimes a triple, but I don't like the fact that he really isn't that much of a home run hitter. I mean, last year he showed some great potential, but this year, one home run in 18 games. I'm not seeing a lot of that same power that he saw last year. It feels like he took away the power and tried to add consistency by taking away said power. So that does make me question what's going on with him. I also sometimes wonder with Luis Robert, if defensively, in terms of errors, in terms of all of that situation, is he going to be this guy that is going to consistently be a gold glove winner in the outfield? Is Luis Robert going to be a guy 
that the Chicago White Sox organization can look at and go, you know what, I trust him to get the job done when it matters the most. So that's one thing I always wonder with Luis Robert. However, I will say as a positive that he is still under the age of 25. He does have time to grow. And at right field, they have the veteran in Adam Eaton. I don't think he's part of the long-term future for that group. I think having, you know, Engel, having Garcia eventually replace him in right field, maybe have Andrew Vaughn come over to be the right field guy, Robert at center, and Jimenez at left. And at DH, I just almost forgot about Yerman Mercedes, who, by the way, has been a breakout star for the Chicago White Sox. So if I've been giving them all this praise, why do I believe they are one year away? And that is the fact that Chicago White Sox so far in 2021 have not shown me anything that will solidify to me that they are the breakout team this year. There is nothing that is telling me that the Chicago White Sox with a 500 record at this point. I mean, they're not even first in the AL Central. And more importantly, the White Sox have won five of their last 10 games. To me, that signifies an 81-81 record if I even see one. I mean, the Chicago White Sox organization, from what I have observed, they are a team that when they go up against teams that are on the same level or below them, they dominate. But then when they go up against teams that are better than them, like the Boston Red Sox, they lost to them 11-4 to on April 19th. They lost in a nail-biter to them 7-4 to a couple of days ago. How about with the Kansas City Royals? They lost that uh, matchup 4-3 to on April 11th. And surprisingly, when it goes up against the Anaheim Angels, against the Seattle Mariners, they haven't had the easiest time with them as well. There's been some back and forth there. So when it comes to consistency with the Chicago White Sox, do I think they're going to beat up on the Tigers? Most likely. Do I think they're going to beat up on the Texas Rangers? Probably. And will the the Cleveland Indians and Cincinnati Reds, who are on really the same level as them, are they going to have some back and forth situation? Yes, they will. But my problem with Chicago is I haven't seen anything yet this season that tells me that they're going to go on this 23-8 and run in the middle of July. There's nothing that tells me that the Chicago White Sox organization is going to just go on this huge run of momentum and be the best team in the American League. Also, let's analyze the fact that the Boston Red Sox are really looking like the best team in the American League right now as much as I hate to say it. So when you have Boston performing as dominant as they are, the Oakland Athletics, who are on an 11-game win streak, performing out of their mind. Seattle, surprisingly, uh, 10 out of the last seven games, they have been winning. There is a lot of momentum right now in the American League, and on the fact that Kansas City is actually outperforming the White Sox right now in terms of power. I just question if the White Sox are going to do it this year. That's why, to put a positive spin on it, here's what my angle is. 
I believe the Chicago White Sox organization is one year away from winning a World Series. Once they build the momentum, once they build the chemistry in the locker room, once you have all of these young, talented guys in your starting lineup, have a bullpen that is fresh and ready, and you have a starting rotation that is six deep. When you have all of that and they've actually built momentum and they have a form of morale in the locker room, I believe that next year will be where you see the White Sox win maybe 107 games in a very weak AL Central. It's a possibility that the Chicago White Sox could dominate the AL Central next year considering all the young talent they have on the roster. And because of all of the youth and all of the talent they have in Chicago, my angle is that it's not this year, but it's next year that the Chicago White Sox will be in the World Series. And I believe that for the first time since 2016, a team in Chicago will raise the World Series. And I believe that that will be the Chicago White Sox. So if you agree or disagree, go into the chat down below and tell me if you agree or disagree. We have a call-in number, 702-850-1284. That's 702-850-1284. If you want to call in and give us your opinion live on the air, because the Chicago White Sox, I believe, are one year away from winning a World Series. This year is not going to be it. I explained why. And I'm going to say that next year, Chicago White Sox World Series champions in 2022 is a very good possibility. So we're going to go back to the comments and we're going to let your voice be heard. People have lost attention span, so shorter is better. Somebody um, obviously watched the first segment. I understand the mercy rule, and I, I understand the logistics behind it. Like, I'm not calling out Major League Baseball and saying that they're idiots or anything. I understand logistically why after the seventh inning, there could be a mercy rule implied. But the reason why I disagree with it is because there's been so many comebacks in the past that MLB would miss out on great moments like position players pitching on the mound, like a six-run comeback in the eighth inning to tie the game up. Maybe in the ninth inning, there is a five-run comeback and they go to win the game in a walk-off. You would miss that if you had a mercy rule established in MLB. Also, someone says, this is some big-time speculation on the White Sox as a World Series contender. I would guess the Padres before the White Sox. Now, obviously, this person's out here on the West Coast. They mentioned the San Diego Padres. Let me me establish something real quick. The Chicago White Sox, the reason why I have them up there is because for the last four seasons, they have been building youth on top of youth on top of youth. The Chicago White Sox have been doing it the right way. They really haven't shelled that much money out at this point. The Chicago White Sox have effectively done what scouting is about. 
the San Diego Padres have already spent a lot of money on Machado. They spent money on Hosmer. They spent money on Tatis after one year. They brought in Schnell. They brought in Darvish, brought in Clevenger, brought in Musgrove. The San Diego Padres, the reason why they're different than the Chicago White Sox, Chicago has mainly built their team around their prospects. Outside of Dallas Keuchel and outside of Liam Hendricks, there really isn't anybody in their, in, in their main equation that is an outsider. There really isn't anybody in the White Sox organization outside of those two that you would sit there and say they haven't been grown, they haven't been groomed in the White Sox system. For San Diego, I simply can't say the same because they have traded and signed for a lot of their guys. You said Milwaukee. I like Milwaukee. I watch Milwaukee a lot. I mean, Milwaukee's most likely going to win the NL Central, like I said in my preview show. But Milwaukee is a little bit different than Chicago due to the fact that the Milwaukee Brewers haven't had top 10 prospect after top 10 prospect after top 10 prospect. As a matter of fact, the Milwaukee Brewers have normally been in the middle of the pack when it comes to prospect rankings. In fact, Milwaukee rarely ever is in the top five, let alone top 10, in terms of the prospect rankings in Major League Baseball. They are the opposite of the Chicago White Sox. Milwaukee will use their scouting, yes, but more importantly, they will take low-risk, high-reward free agent signings to get people over there. They will trade low-end prospects in order to get high-value talent. I mean, they have had guys like Lorenzo Cain. Christian Yelich came over from the Miami Marlins. That was a huge deal back then. Uh, Creston Hyora has been a very solid piece for the Milwaukee Brewers. There has been really solid pieces out there in Milwaukee, but the difference between them and the White Sox is the White Sox have had a lot of high reward, low risk talent out there with their prospect pool. Milwaukee hasn't really been the same. And the New York Mets, as somebody mentioned before the White Sox, I am going to say that they're not one year away because I have the Mets winning the World Series this year. Why would I have the Mets as one year away when I have them winning the entire World Series? My entire angle is I have the New York Mets as this year, but I have the Chicago White Sox as one year away. And that's what I believe. And I believe that the Chicago White Sox are 2022. New York Mets are 2021. This is the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. I'm going to remind all of you now that go to our website, thesportsangle.com. Check out all the articles, audio, video, live streams, you name it. We have it on our, on our uh, website. Also, go to our YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button down below. Hit the like button. Turn on notifications. And we're going to be doing our NFL draft live stream on April 29th, one week away. Don't, so don't, uh, don't forget, turn on notifications, and you'll get that instantly here on the Sports Angle. Also, as well, we are also going to be doing 
more videos here on the Sports Angle. I'm going to be posting more content to the YouTube channel, so don't uh, don't worry about that. Go to all our social media at the Sports Angle. Check out all the content we have on there at the Sports Angle, and go to my Twitter at Rocco Kelly and keep up to date with everything I post on there. So we're going to go to commercial break here on the Sports Angle. When we come back, I'm going to talk about trends in Major League Baseball that you need to watch out for. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. What's up, man? Welcome back to the Sports Angle live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. 
Now, trends in Major League Baseball are always an interesting topic because on one hand, a trend can go up and then immediately come back down. Trends are similar to the stock market. Sometimes they go all the way up and then crash immediately back down. And all the people who paid attention to said trend look like fools at the end of the day. Or there are some trends in Major League Baseball and in a roundabout way, the stock market, where they will go a bit, a little bit up, a little bit down, a little bit up, a little bit down, but they mainly stay around a certain uh, Mendoza line. All right, they'll stay around a certain point on that trend. So what trends have I picked up on in Major League Baseball? Well, there are a couple that I want to tell you. The first trend I picked up on is the power of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, as much as Dodgers fans love what's going on right now with their pitching, as much as Dodgers fans love the fact that they are 14-4, and have one of the best records in Major League Baseball, I don't want to exclude the fact that the Los Angeles Dodgers have some of the best hitters in Major League Baseball right now. Let's talk about the fact that Justin Turner has hit 16 RBIs, has an OPS of 1.175, and has a batting average of 381. Justin Turner, after signing that contract extension to come back to the Dodgers, has been performing lights out. How about we talk about the fact that guys like guys like Corey Seager are performing at an elite pace as well, having an OPS of, of 892, a batting average of 284. However, his 13 RBIs and three home runs on 19 hits has been a really solid start to Corey Seager. Max Muncy having a 281 batting average, that's a little bit, that's a little bit concerning, right? Well, considering that the batting average in Major League Baseball is around 224 right now, Max Muncy is performing way above the Mendoza line, and his 10 RBIs on on 16 hits so far has been a very solid contributor with Max Muncy. Let's not forget his OPS of 931. And I don't want to forget, and I don't want to not exclude the youngster, Zach McKinstry. I mean, this guy has been clutch for the Los Angeles Dodgers, a 296 batting average, 14 RBIs, and has had si- hit 16 hits so far. Very solid season already for the very young guy coming out of the Dodgers system. Once again, the Dodgers are good at bringing in guys that are young and can get the job done. 25 years old, second baseman, looks like the future is bright out there with the Dodgers. So the hitting power of the Dodgers is my first trend I wanted to pick up on because the pitching is getting all the credit, but I don't want to just talk about that. I want to give credit to the hitting as well. The second trend I want to talk about with Major League Baseball is the increase in defensive metrics. Now, what do I mean by this? Well, people have noticed that catchers are making more defensive errors than they ever have in baseball up to this point. In fact, they have said that they've looked over the last 20 years 
of the first 20 games of the season, and catchers are making the most errors defensively than any point in that in that time span. So why are catchers making so many errors in 2021? Well, some people have pointed out the fact that because umpires are making bad call after bad call after bad call, that catchers are starting to make mistakes at the backstop. People have noticed that the veteran catchers are starting to not be as quick to get back to the ball when it gets away from them. People are paying attention to little details like the fact that the pitcher and the catcher are not meeting at the plate um, in terms of where the ball lands. In fact, I remember watching a game where seven pitches in the row, a catcher had the ball here and the ball went all the way over here. There were situations where a catcher wanted the, wanted the ball to be inside and it went uh, 90 yards feet all the way down to the outside, went to the backstop and the catcher was forced to go and get it. Now, could this be due to a lack of uh, a lack of you know consistency with those pat pitchers and catchers, it might be. But the fact is, we're seeing more defensive metrics and more errors coming from catchers this season. So I wanted to say that's the second trend in Major League Baseball, and the third and final trend that is very alarming, and I really want to talk about it, is the fact that hitting has taken a huge decrease in Major League Baseball. Two years ago, Major League Baseball was having a resurgence in home runs. Two years ago, Major League Baseball was having home run records broken by teams. Now, it seems like Major League Baseball is trying to either A, not not allow that to happen anymore, or B, Pitchers are just getting more dominant than ever. Now, you might be a little skeptical, right? You might be asking yourself, how could that be the case? Well, for starters, there has been a lower home run rate already in 2021 that has taken such a dip that even players are calling out Major League Baseball on it. Let's also talk about the fact that Major League Baseball was accused of of using a steroid ball or pretty much juicing up the baseball to add as much home runs as possible. And how they did that was winding the ball a lot more tighter, allowing the ball more distance to get out of the ballpark. Well, people have actually taken baseballs from 2021 and have taken baseballs from 2019 and have noticed that the baseballs feel different. They even kind of, when you're, when you're even tossing the ball around, it even feels a bit different between those two balls. So did Major League Baseball intentionally loosen the balls back to their original rate because baseball fans were complaining about the amount of home runs? Or maybe pitchers started complaining so much to Major League Baseball that they were forced to tame it down because of the fact the pitchers were catching on. And the reason why I bring this up is because I have some numbers for you that back up the case of home run rate going down. In 2019, 5.3% of home runs per at-bat 
That was in 2019, okay? Home runs per at-bat was 5.3%. This year in 2021, it is 4.8%. This is one of the lowest numbers in the modern era. Considering that 4.8 is not a number that most people normally see. I mean, to give you context, the last time it was among this low was 2007 at 4.9%. So it seems like MLB has taken that 5.3% of home runs per at-bat, and they are now making it a 4.8% home runs per at-bat in only a two-year stance. So I want to ask all of you, people who are listening right now, do you believe that MLB has manipulated the baseballs once again to lessen the amount of home runs because of the backlash the pitchers did in 2019? Or do you believe that pitchers have become so dominant in 2021 that hitters are not hitting as many home runs as they used to. Which side of the coin are you on? Because I want to know if anybody else has noticed the fact that Major League Baseball, there is a less home run rate and overall has been a less home runs in baseball up to this point. So I just want to know from everybody, could we have a couple minutes left in the show? I will give you one more detail that will be very alarming to you. Strikeout rate. Now, you might be asking yourself, what would a strikeout rate have to do with this equation? Well, understand that the more home runs that were being hit, that meant that less strikeouts were taking place. And the more strikeouts that take place, the less home runs take effect. So let's see if that equation comes out. Okay, during that time span where MLB was having this home run phenomenon, their strikeout rate was 21.3%. Just keep that in mind, 21.3%. 2021, 24.6% is the strikeout rate per at-bat. So that means that almost a quarter of Major League Baseball players are striking out per at-bat in 2021. And yes, I know there's going to be some critics out there who are going to say, Rocco, that's only a 3.3% increase in a strikeout rate. That's not that big of a deal. But when you understand how baseball works, 3.3% is a huge number when it comes to a two-year span in terms of strikeouts. Also, that home run rate I mentioned earlier was also a huge deal when you understand it's per at-bat. So that's the last MLB trend I wanted to point out to all of you. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. We are here live Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern. And follow me on social media at Rock Over Kelly. And until next time, rock on, and we will see you later.
up. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Team USA is training hard and ready for the Olympic Games. And so is Jacob. Woo! I've got my lucky shirt and Xfinity Flex. Ooh, yeah. Jacob's family got Xfinity Internet with the best Wi-Fi for their home and a Flex 4K streaming box free, plus Peacock Premium included. So Jacob is ready for anything. Go Team USA! With medal ceremonies, highlights, interviews, and more, plus all his favorite streaming apps in one place. Can your internet do that? Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Peacock subscription required. Xfinity, proud partner of Team USA.